Today on Library Sounds, we are talking to Sam Birchfield. This episode was originally recorded on March 2nd, 2020. Some of his performance can be found on our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels. The complete session is available on our Patreon, as well as a video of the extended version of this interview. Subscribers to our Patreon can get access to all of the complete sessions, as well as tons of extras, and it's the best way to support this show. Okay, here's Sam Birchfield. Your style has evolved a lot in the last 10 years. Can you tell us where did you start and how has your sound evolved over time? Good question. Yeah, so way different sound. Um, I think the biggest thing is that I was very confused and I'm a little bit less confused. (laughs) I, I think at first I was... Everyone has lots of musical tastes and influences, I think. And I think when I first was starting out, I had just met all these incredible musicians in Atlanta that were in like a jazz scene that I was playing with. And um, so I started writing for that. You know, those, those were the people that I was playing with. So I started writing these horn-based tunes. And um, so my first two EPs were very, there'd be like a funk song and then like a slow jam R&B song and then a folk song and whatever um so i really think where i'm at now with this latest record graveyard flower is rediscovering uh where i came from i guess like i grew up in south carolina listening to folk music like song oriented music you know folk country whatever and um so i think i was running from that at first probably when i was doing music i didn't want to be uh, anything like that world. And I'm slowly getting back towards that where now this record, I would definitely place in the folk Americana world. Um, and I love that. And I've sort of, it took me that whole journey to realize that, I think, to get there. But yeah. 10 you years. Were, you when answer, you say 10 years, it makes me like, I It's been about 10 years, right? <laughs> I, since like, I mean, yeah. I, I graduated high school in 2010. So. And before. I've been doing music. Before you're doing like the jazz thing, uh, I know you through friends from doing like Presbyterian music camps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I still love. Like, like, yes, I, well, I grew up going to Presbyterian music camp or not music camps, but Presbyterian camps and, um, outside of Asheville. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that was, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) But, uh, it's interesting because I think, Going to the mountains, though, like that was something that that has inspired my music the whole throughout my career, like the nature element. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting to again, this record I think really finally got fully back to that, where I was like hinting at it through some of my other music leading up to this, and then this record is like all in. I mean, like that's sort of one of the themes is nature, and um, you know, from dust to dust, like we're a part of nature. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, yeah Presbyterian music camps, man. <laughs> Learn a lot. Uh, was there a moment when you felt like you have arrived or achieved your artistic goals, and are you still searching for that moment? 
Um, I mean, I think to a certain degree, you're always, well, hopefully you're always present and you're not looking too far forward or too far behind. Um, I've had a lot of awesome moments and opportunities and I don't know. It's hard to just be like, this moment was when I made it or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't even think of it as making it because I guess for me, the level that I'm at, I'm just very grateful to be able to like play music and that be the only thing that I have to do to pay my bills um, as hard as it can be. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've opened, like played some incredible shows, some incredible audiences, open for some really cool people. Um, I think the highlights have been like the, the people I've met and like the places I've seen, like geographically, like going out to Colorado has been a big highlight for me in the past couple of years. Um, and meeting some awesome communities out there and, uh, getting to, you know, just see that part of the country that I'd never seen or probably would have never had a good reason to justify going. (laughs) Um, but I, I hope to not get too caught up in the future where I think you can ultimately never attain um, like making it if you if you aren't content with where you are you know now right. like oh I want to keep getting better for the sake of the art and not for like outside things and that's where I feel the best about this record that I just did is that it's the most like cohesive sound and um, like thematically I was very intentional about it and so it's a body of work um more so than my past projects where I felt like I was just like this song's really good this song's really good put them on a thing and put them out there you know um mm-hmm. so so I feel honestly yeah putting this record out I think is a big moment for me just feeling that contentment of like this was this is a truly a piece of art that I made and despite the flaws the things that I want to wish I could go back and tweak or whatever like that feels really good to just have done that. And I'm putting it on vinyl, which is a big, like, huge uh, bucket list thing for me. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be buying the vinyl. <laughs> I'll bring you a copy. Great. Yeah, come on by. And a restock of scotch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, sorry. You Do you still talk about American Idol at all? I hate to. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's not do it. Let's just not. I mean, I can. Like, I did it. I. Yeah. Is that uh, where a lot of people know you from, or have you moved past? I think I think? finally moved past it until this one moment. <laughs> I've been free from it for several years. No, like it's. Uh, yeah, honestly, forget about it. And that whole time was weird because it was that there was a whole other record deal thing happening at that same time, which mm-hmm. no one really knows about because it's probably not supposed to talk about them together. But like sure. that was happening at the same time. I was graduating college. Uh, it was a semester early, so it was fall semester. I'm cramming to get my exams done. I'm literally recording vocals for my first EP and like finishing that up. And then the American Idol stuff also happening. Um, and then also this record deal thing. And they fly me out to LA for that separate from the whole other thing, trying to get me like be a part of like a boy band folk thing. I know this is fucking weird. That's cool. It was cool. But anyways, that was like this weird blur of like, two months and then it all just was like boom like i got out of the american auto contract the record label thing fell through and like i did graduate and i was just like okay i'm out of school and all that stuff that i was looking at being potential opportunities to like give me a leg up or whatever like are not happening 
and I rushed to put my EP out because everyone was pressuring the idol people and the other thing was like, like you have to get this out as soon as possible so that it doesn't interfere. So I like dropped it in February of 2014. I was just like, uh, I was like, what do I do with my hands? Like, uh, here's the EP and the idol thing aired. There was one episode that people saw me, but nothing else. So people were like, like, where are you? Like, are you on the next episode? Are you? And I couldn't talk about it. It was just a weird time. Yeah. And like, I was so unsure of myself as an artist and so young. I would think I was just like, like, what is going on? Like, I'm just going to start playing music, like play wherever I can, like do house shows and stuff. And hmm. Moved away from it. So I no one really asks about it anymore, but yeah. it happens. It is a part of my history, so. It is. What would you tell yourself at the beginning of your music career? What risks are worth taking? What aren't? Man, I definitely think it would be have artistic integrity um, and don't doubt your that gut artistic feeling. And I think it's counterintuitive to like, I think as artists, we naturally question everything. Like that's the, there's like creativity and like good vibes. And there's like anxiety and doubt and all the things and they're pushing on each other. And so it's really easy to just like, anytime you're like creative decision, a like instantly be like, Oh, that's a bad idea. Anxiety that you're stumped. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're not good at, you know, like all these things. And it's just like, like, no, like have that artistic integrity. Cause I think if I had done that earlier, um, those first two EPs would have been different and I don't regret them, but, um, I think I was easily influenced by other musicians and producers and anybody. And I think that's a, just young people. I think in general have that where it's like, you're not sure who you are. So someone's like, Hey, you should really think about doing this with this. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try that. And to have that artistic integrity and like trust your gut and work hard and it might take 10 years to get anywhere. But like, if you can hold on to that integrity, I think it's so much more worth it. And you create something truly unique. I don't know. I, I try to do that with music where like treat everyone with respect. I'll, you know, the things that are you, you would expect, but I think it's right. the music industry. Is so like, can be like the wild west and it can be just madness mm -hmm. that sometimes it's hard to remember those things and you get caught up in just like that whole industry world and not and you don't and you forget sometimes you know people are, people talk a lot of bs sometimes in the business maybe in all business yeah <laughs> film too or whatever oh yeah weddings and, yeah no. yeah and it's just like like take a step back like these are all people like let me just be really honest and straightforward and be like, hey, like, I really think that, you know, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z because this might happen. Or instead of just, like, playing the BS game and, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Um, can you think of one seemingly insignificant moment or interaction that has stuck with you and possibly changed the direction of your career? Oh, Yeah. Not to be cheesy, but the moment I met my wife, um, she's also an artist. So not just like for my life trajectory, but like truly she has in the past, we've been married three years now, like in the past three years, like has really like shown me more so what an artist is versus just a person that makes music or sings or writes songs. Um, 
but yeah, so that moment, like I, uh, I got this email about putting on a show in Athens, which is where I was still living. Um, this was, I believe right after school uh, for me and I don't know, it wasn't even her. It was like, it was actually her boyfriend at the time who was like managing her. Yeah. It gets crazy. And so it's like, you want to do this show? Like we're, you know, we're doing this show at the 40 watt in town and it's like, Oh, okay. And they actually asked me to headline the show, which is like very kind of they're like, yeah, like you should headline it and we'll open for you and like whatever. <laughs> but I was like, sure. And, um, and then she, I think messed like Facebook messaged me or something was like, we should do a promo video for, uh, this, show and so i like okay yeah like we'll do a cover song together and so i went to she was staying actually with this boyfriend at the time and so i like show up at that apartment to do this like cheesy love song cover that some that fans voted on and like um yeah it's one of those things where like you know you have that fan as soon as i met her i was just like oh, damn this girl's awesome like and she was with somebody so like oh, this sucks. <laughs> and there's this insignificant thing where I'm like, I'm just doing this cover song with this girl. We're going to do this show. And then she's with this guy and I will never like be a part of this probably. But there's something in me that was like, but I think I should be <laughs> like, I think I should be involved in this, in this girl's <laughs> life. And, uh, yeah, here we are. That's nuts. It is. Dude, yeah. it's crazy. Right, yeah. They had a crazy pass to get to where we are. Most people do have crazy past. What's it like being um, married to another artist? Like, how how's that? Yeah, dude. Super high highs and super low lows. Which, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I think artists can, again, like I was saying, there's, like, the creativity and anxiety, like, depression thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, we're either, like, both really, like, idealistic and, like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Let's do this with our lives. Like we were recently looking at buying an old church in South Georgia. We're like, let's just do it. Let's just buy this old church and live in it. And like, you know, we'll go on this roller coaster and be like, that's a horrible idea. We don't have any money literally to our names. Like, why would we even think we could do that? And then, you know, like the ups and downs, but, um, you know, the, the good definitely always the bad. Like it's, it's, uh, it's really Again, like, it's cool, and I've learned a lot from seeing her be herself as an artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. May I pour another well, little sip of this? Absolutely. As much as you need. As you need. <laughs> I know, I mean, I mean need, like, you probably need it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Dude, I literally stopped, like, once today. Like, I was like, oh, gosh. Chick-fil-A. All right, keep going. Chick-fil-A rules. Two podcasts, though, is all it took. Joe Rogan. He's a good one. There was a four-hour podcast. It was uh, Gary Clark Jr. You know that guy, the guitar guy? Yeah. He was on it with some <laughs> other lady that I've never heard of, but Gary Clark didn't talk, like, at all, so I was really pissed. But I waited the entire... It was four hours, and I listened to the entire thing. Wow. I have never listened to Joe Rogan. I always get, like, the... Um, I always like see like the wild excerpts of Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan. And so in, in my mind, that's all it is. It's pretty vulgar. Like, okay. I mean, there's some vulgarness, but I don't know. Like, I, I really appreciate the wide variety of people and ideas that he has on the show. Huh. And I, I actually think he's as vulgar and ridiculous as he can be. He's actually really, really good at interviewing one and very reasonable um, with like, 
hearing out people's opinions and stuff. Okay. Which I appreciate. I do appreciate that. You should do a podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm doing, I'm currently doing a podcast. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you release it as a podcast? Uh, I will eventually. Yeah. yeah. I'm all great? about, dude, you should do everything. I could do podcasts all day. Um, what is the most difficult aspect of pursuing music? Hmm. Um, that's tough. <laughs> well, like the, one of the easy things to just say would be like financial insecurity, sort of shallow, but, um, I see that as one of the big trade-offs of like choosing that career path. Mm. When I see some of my friends that are doing their jobs, they're like, oh man, I wish I had more freedom and like could do like travel and see cool places and do and i'm like oh those are all the things that i'm doing i wish i had a paycheck <laughs> you know, like, so like that's the obvious one um but I, I think in the current world there's definitely like also this weird um i don't know how to put it like the, the just like what social media has done um to it like and i don't know how to ex- completely voice that but there's, it seems like you need to be on it to get your music out and to get people to like listen to you, which directly correlates to if you get any sort of compensation for what you're doing. Um, and in order to do that in the current social media climate, there's so much noise that I feel like you have to be, it just feels like you're always constantly having to like market yourself and like, that just breeds, I think, breeds a lot of unhealthy just, like, feelings. And you're just, like, and there's a lot of comparison because of that in the social media realm. So, like, that would be, I'd say, like, this, like, really more of, like, a mental struggle. The the sort of battle you're having to fight of, like, I just want to make art and feel. And, like, that in of itself is fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to make art. People, like wreck their lives just doing that (laughs) like throughout history like you look at the great painters or the great poets and they like go crazy just making art then like not just that but also like i have to sell it and market it wish i could just write songs (laughs) what's the biggest sacrifice you've had to make for your music man um Well, for my music as an original artist, I could go back to the talking about the American Idol stuff where like I did turn down that potential contract. I don't know how far I would have gone or anything like that, but like I turned it down because it would have restricted me doing my original music. And the same thing with the record deal, which wasn't completely my decision because there were two other guys involved, but me and one of the other guys were pretty hesitant because of the restrictions of like us not having say about what the music was we would perform Mm -hmm. um so in a way that was just like passing on this opportunity so that i could do what i'm doing now um yeah and then i don't know just like i think you at least with the phase that i'm at right now like you give up a certain consistent community for a more like transient community of, you know, like I don't have weekends 
Mm-hmm. My wife doesn't have weekends, so like most people, if you think about just like someone that holds a, a steady job um, during the week, the weekend is like, hey, let's get together with our community. Let's get together, you know, with these friends. Let's go out to the park. Let's do this. Let's go. Like even going to church, like that's something that's been, because um, my wife and I both are, you know, Christian and it's hard. We have a church community, but like we're so often gone on the weekends that we don't really feel like we're a part of it. Um, and similarly with just like our immediate neighborhood, it's hard to feel like you're, you're even seeing people because you're basically on an opposite schedule. Like we'll wake up late during the week and like be home working on things. And then, you know, Wednesday or Thursday hits and we're like gone completely or we're like doing these gigs late at night. Uh, so I think as appealing as it is, it's always the grass is greener, you know. I think a lot of people hope for this like adventurous, like like be traveling a lot and be, you know, seeing things and have that sort of freedom, but you sort of create a different trap on yourself. Um, and it's just like, hey, what, what's, what would you rather have, you know? Like the hope is that in with enough investment and enough time and enough growth, we can slow down the sort of grind of being gone every weekend and, and hustling in that way to where we can't have more of that local community. Um, but I mean, we don't have that right now because we're traveling. Like mm-hmm. our community is, you know, maybe friends in different cities that I see a couple of times a year or like the, 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 the musicians I'm traveling with, if I'm traveling with a band. Um, yeah. Sort of, sort of tough sometimes. Yeah. It's a lot to give up. Was there ever a time you thought about doing something else? Um, man, no. It's kind of crazy. It is, yeah. Why not? Like, maybe I've said before, um, like with my wife sometimes, I'd be like, you know, if things are rough, be like, hey, you know what? Like, I, I can get another job. Like, I can do something else. Both of us will do that to each other. Be like, hey, either of us, like, we can totally, like, do something else to make this a little easier. And both of us are always like, no, this is what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, even when I went to college to study, I studied public relations. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do music. Like, there's no... No part of me thought I was going to do public relations at all. It was just like another little skill. And I mean, the farthest back I can't even remember thinking of something else. I wanted to be a professional Lego builder. What? I would have been like, probably. I imagine that dream probably died sometime in middle school when music really started to pick up. Like literally, it was like <laughs> my entire, well, I probably when I was really little, I wanted to be like, Davy Crockett. <laughs> just I wanted to be Davy Crockett or Daniel Boone or something. And then at some point it was just like Legos. And I was just like, literally, I think I could be a professional Lego builder. And I I literally, as far as I can remember, thought that that was seriously the career path I wanted to be on. And then, and then awesome. it was like, at some point I was like, well, music's pretty cool. Like, I like music. I'll do that. <laughs> That's nuts. You have like the every every kid's fantasy job. Lego, like, yeah. yeah. At some point, I probably wanted to like. I don't even know. I played golf uh, a little bit because my dad was a big golfer, and then I played basketball a little bit, and like, 
I don't think I ever professionally want to do that. So yeah, it was like kind of straight to just like, oh, cool. Music. Yeah. What's your biggest failure? Um, like professionally? Sure. <laughs> I think <laughs> reach for the sky. <laughs> that's the implied scenario, but you know, whatever you want to say. Hmm. My biggest failure, I, I think, I think it's somehow tied into, um, I don't, and I wouldn't say one specific thing, but I think early on in my career, I was... I didn't want to like confront um I was playing with different people and I didn't want to confront them about I guess I wasn't as like straight up about if I wanted to be like we're a band and we're always playing together and basically I got into this tricky situation where I was like ah, I think I want to move on from what I'm doing right now but I sort of had to, like, you know, let go the band. It wasn't, like, a band. It was still, like, Sam Birchfield, like, playing my music. But, like, it was sort of a thing, and it was it was a crew. And um, there was, like, a couple versions of that, I guess, um, when I was younger. And maybe part of it was perception. Like, I, now that I'm older, I'm in much more of a gig culture where, like, I love the guys I get to play with, and they're good friends. Um, and I try to like, if they are down to be involved, like I'll, they'll be the guys that I call until they're not able to, you know, to do it. Um, uh, but I think earlier on, I, maybe I thought about it more as a, like, this is a band or something. I yeah. don't know. And so I, like, it was this weird, I don't know, like this weird feeling of like, oh, like we've sort of been doing this thing and now I'm having to basically like fire this person for not a good reason other than just like it's not a good fit musically and there's a couple of those where it's like it I dragged it on sort of too long and it's just like a bad feeling of uh I think I was like not being fully honest with myself about like hey this isn't what I'm wanting to do but I just let it keep happening musically and then all of a sudden I'm in this thing like a couple years in and it's like, oh, like I should have. It's almost like breaking up with a girlfriend or something. It's like, I should have totally broken up. Like, this shouldn't have gone this far, you know? And then you just like, you hurt people doing that. Um, yeah. And I think I went through a few phases of that. Like, my college band, which is one of my best friends, my best man at wedding was playing drums. And like, he, uh, you know, he was a business major. And like, I don't know, most of the other guys were like, not necessarily trying to do music after college and I had this moment of transitioning and like I don't know that was like a painful thing I felt bad I felt really bad and it's one of those things where I should have been more more honest earlier you know like mm -hmm. I think hurting people to give a one word answer now that I've rambled like hurting people I think is one of my biggest failures like that's really tough because music is so relational mm. it's like these are my friends this is really fun because my friends you get to a place where, like, I'm in a different place. Or, like, you know, like, 
I need to move over here and, and do this thing. And like, I should be really honest about that as opposed to just like, like tiptoeing around it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm tracking with you. Especially when you said the, uh, it's like breaking up with a girlfriend and it brought me back to all these moments being in bands, like, you know, shitty high school bands, but Mm -hmm. like just being like, we have to kick this member out. Yeah. It's not a good fit. And like, but none of you at that point are sure how far you're going or like exactly what you want to do with it. And then it just feels arbitrary, but at the same time. You know, it's, you just have to make well, decisions. Well, it's like, because into like, there's like this weird ego involvement of like, ultimately what you're saying is like, hey, in some capacity, people will hear it this way. Like, you're not good enough for what it is that I want to do. Or, and then it's like, it feels bad on so many levels because it's like, that means that you think highly of yourself mm-hmm. to some regard to even be able to say that. Um, and there's all these things where it just feels like, ugh. But I do think it's it's necessary. But I think the better way to handle that situation is to be really honest up front. And I think a lot of people don't want to have confrontation in general nowadays. Like, yeah. And so especially when in a creative field and like artistic, you know, relational thing, if someone's like really jazzed to like play music with you and and you don't truly know yourself yet, which I think is the bigger issue there, for me it was. Like I didn't truly know myself yet, so I was just like doing things and like, like yeah, I can play this kind of music. This, this yeah, this is like cool. Like I, I can like get down to it. But then at some point, it's just like this isn't who I am. How do I like figure this out now that I'm in it and it's not who I am? But I've made these relationships and like invested in this thing with people, you know. Um, so yeah, it's. It's tricky. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing about music and a difficult thing. Like, it's the relational part of it. Like, I have so many incredibly good friends through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, back to the community thing, it's difficult to maintain those friendships if you're not actively playing together. So, like, I have a really good friend, as an example, like, who played drums with me for forever, and he picked up a really like awesome gig with like a like a crazy legit band. So it's like, dude, you gotta take that. And you know, we'll still try to like stay catch up if we're in town and text, but we're definitely not that same level of intimacy as when we're in a van for like months. <laughs> like, right. it's a different level of that's like brotherhood. And then like you step away from that, and it's it's difficult sometimes. It's like you're constantly, yeah, you're constantly in and out. Um what kind of feelings do you hope your songs inspire in people? Well, ultimately very authentic ones uh, from like a general perspective. Like I, back to sort of my dad with like the integrity thing, like and, and honesty, like these sort of themes are something that I really care about with my music because I want it to be, even if I'm telling a story that's not my story, like I have a few songs like that where I'll step into a, a different role. And, um, but I want the feeling to be very real and honest and authentic. Um, you know, like not like a propaganda that's just like, you should feel like this, but like, like a deep, you know, well of a feeling that, you know, whatever it is, like it's sort of this undeniable 
thing. And, and a lot of, again, the new record, a lot of that is, is nature, like reconnecting to nature um, and to each other and to our own sort of mortality. Like I think those are all sort of connected to each other. Like if we're not present and understanding that we're here right now and like that's a moment, um, I don't think you're really connected to the fact that someday you won't be physically here. And if I can, if people listen to a song and they can think about that and be like, like, whoa, like nature is so beautiful. I'm connected to everything. And like, I'm not like this invincible being that's like, you know, like we think that I think when we're younger, like Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, time exists. Like I'm sort of bound to this wheel and like, I'll be back into the earth someday, like physically, like I think if I, if the songs can make people think about that for a second or any other really honest, authentic, deep emotion, uh, I think it's serving a huge purpose and like helping people be present, you know, in that one day or that week or whatever it is. And that song bumps into them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, That's actually one of the questions I had. Um, I feel like this is a good time to slice that in. Graveyard Flower is your new album. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. It's my favorite one so far. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's there. It deals a lot with mortality, your new album. Death, life, cycles, uh... What do you want to elaborate on for your inspiration for that? Uh, and what message are you trying to send? You kind of already went into it a little. Yeah, I think what I just said, um, a lot of it, like, we're connected to nature. Like, we come from nature and we return to nature, um, dust to dust. Uh, but But not in a depressing way, like in a very hopeful way which maybe doesn't completely translate unless you really dig deeper into some of the songs, but like, like we're remembered in nature and in each other. And it's sort of this holy thing. Like it's a holy relationship. Um, And it sucks that we're really screwing over the world right now. Uh, But I think it's more hopeful than, a lot of the media portrays like the world is really beautiful and is still carrying on. And we're a part of that. Like we're a part of like, we're the gardeners of the world and like, we're here to take care of it and to nurture it and, and, and be a part of it. And we are a part of it. Um, we, that is not even a choice. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people are like, don't think they have a choice about being part of nature Mm-hmm. In a way, like we build these cities and we're like so protected. Like when you're in your house, you don't, you do not think that you're in nature, but just this fact that you will decay, <laughs> you, you can't deny that you are nature and you're part of it and like a really important part. And I think we haven't, so it's like reclaiming our place in that and like the mortality thing. And this is something that my wife again, like, I think helped me realize and like cast a vision for this project of like, it's really more of her that thinks she thinks about death a lot and not in a, in a slightly morbid way, but like 
that awareness of it. Um, and it brought me into it with some of these songs and just like, um, but the nature theme was what I started off with more so. And some of the mortality crept in there also just because like in my personal life, like my, one of the songs that my, my cousin lost her husband, like very young. Uh, my, uh, one of my grandmothers passed away this past year. My other one has Alzheimer's and my grandfather who's, who lost his wife, like found out, we found out he had Alzheimer's. And so it was like, there's that element of it too, like more on a personal level. Um, so yeah, I mean, whatever people read into it, like I, I hope that it is not that I hope that it is positive and not just like, like we die, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not what I was going for, but it's definitely like a deeper hope, more hopeful thing than that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to die. You're going to die. Period. <laughs> it's going to be fucking metal. <laughs> it's so metal. It's just metal, dude. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, Besides music, what medium inspires you? Huh. That's, um, so that goes back to my wife being like a brilliant artist Mm -hmm. and me being a poser and learning to be an artist in the process. Um, like she's a true, like, I mean, she's an artist in all mediums and like she'd studied photography and like draws and paints and writes poetry and all this stuff. Um, but with that, the, I guess the medium of, of poetry, like, like the, which you could tie into like song too, but like I, just the, just sheer words. I really love words. Um, you know, I, and I think that's, I've been less, my wife is more visual. And so that's been awesome for me. Like she helps me attach like words to the vision and to to everything else and be inspired by that. Like be inspired by just an image. But I think for me, like words, which I guess in my head go like are an image. Um, like I think of them as an image, but, um, it's like really well-placed words in poetry are like, like, whoa, you know? Yeah. I'm still, like just learning to appreciate poetry. I was listening to a podcast about poetry and just the language of poetry is not considered commercially valuable in our society. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. You can't do it. It's not a quick fix. And that's why our culture, I don't think appreciates it as much It's like, it's, it's a, and that's what I hope with my, from the poetic aspect of my lyrics is I hope that it's like, sometimes people have to wrestle with it. I hope people like have yes. to like be like, wait, what was that one word? Cause that changes what I actually thought this was or, or like what's going on here. And I think right. with, yeah, like it's, I mean, I think there's like in the hip hop culture, the more, um, either way old school or like progressive, like Kendrick Lamar or something like there's a return to that, like the poetry of it where like, if you hear you're listening to a verse and you're just like, you have to listen and it's dense. Mm. Like you can't just listen, listen, like, you know, passively. And yeah. I, I do think that's very true that like, <clears throat> we're a culture of propaganda, like just like, 
boom, 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 here's the words. Or like with the song, like, hook, hook, like, we caught you. It's two minutes long. We're done. You just want to dance. You know, like, which there's a, there's a place for that stuff. But I do think that like, like listening to us, like a real heavy words that you have to like figure out is, whereas, yeah, we're sort of like stepped away from it for some reason. I guess it's like the thing that anchors us to something mm-hmm. like other art forms are just sort of chaos. And it's like the piece of it's, that's a little bit ordered and like, you know, you like, like visual, like, yes, a picture says a thousand words, but like if you put one word with the picture, it anchors it to something. And then all of a sudden it's like a little bit more in, in reality, yeah. but it's still art. And the same thing with, I think music too. Like you can just have like <clears throat> instrumental music and it can be amazingly powerful but if there's one word to it, like it's, it's like anchored to something. It's right. all of a sudden like, and there's a lot of power in it. And I don't think we necessarily use that well because we're so used to words being just there. Right. And we don't realize how powerful they are. We're, we're used to them. Yeah. We just throw and, and I, and I get, I mean, again, like I'm, I consider myself mostly a songwriter and less uh, like a, artists in the sense of like a musical artist. Like I, the songs are like my like thing that I love. And I get so one of the worst things I do is when I just like, I'm listening to a song and like very quickly dismiss it because of the lyrics, regardless of anything else. Mm-hmm. Like if the lyrics, there's any part of me that just feels like, that's just like a gut thing where I feel the carelessness with the lyrics Maybe carelessness isn't the right word because there's, well, maybe it is. I don't know. Like, there's, I'm just like, hi, like, what? <clears throat> you're just saying, you're just, it's almost like you, you can tell that something's being regurgitated mm-hmm. versus someone like choosing to place something there. Even if it's like subconsciously choosing to place it, like you listen to like old soul or Motown and it, you could say a lot of it's very cliche and just regurgitated. Like, oh, they're just all love songs. But like, there's something soulful about even just like the way the the words are said, like the cadence or the the vowels or something, you know what I mean? Versus just like, we're just going to cram these words in here because we need them to be here. I some, Sometimes I think when you hear people's voices, you can hear like who they are a little bit, like if they're coming from a genuine place. Do you have any questions for me? Whoa. Um... What's your vision for this? Oh, gosh. Um, I want to exist in a space that is different. Um, So I think there's... uh, Coming from being a wedding photographer, videographer, like, there's millions of them. Millions. Like, in this little town... Uh, gosh, there's millions in millions this town. In <laughs> there's this a town. million white photographers. <laughs> all like this town. more photographers than people in this town. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> just robots. <laughs> it it's nuts. Like I, you know, you uh, every little town has a few dozen like great photographers there, and so you have to find your space and your voice. And I'm hoping that's what I do with this. With this is where the I don't chance to be like more creative and unique and not be wedding 
Right. So for me, this is a way for me to branch out. I went to school for audio engineering. I'm not the greatest audio engineer in the world, you know, but I want to do that. I want to yeah. use it. And I don't think I'm going to blow anyone out of the water with this. I'm not. But you're not trying to, again, you're not trying to compete. You're just trying right. to do I'm your not thing. Competing. Like I, and I really can't compete and I don't want to. And I'm trying to just exist in a space where there's like, we're not cramming a lot of bands in here. You know, if there's maybe one band a month, two bands, like once it gets rolling, maybe two bands a month. Mm -hmm. And then we're spending our time. We're taking it slow. Like we're asking questions. We're really getting to know the artist. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that's lacking in that space of... Man, I think so too. I guess like, the, yeah, like almost like the long... I, I appreciate this aspect of the long form interview because um, I think that's that's why I love the podcast, the, like the drug and stuff, because it's... Like, how often do you have a conversation like this that's this long? Right. And with people you like. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? When are you just going to like, like sit down and just be like, <coughs> I'm just going to ask you questions over the talk for like an hour or however long. It doesn't right. even matter. And just be like, that just doesn't happen. And But people, the fact that people are interested in it and, you know, the podcast world or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, because people want that because it's real conversation and authentic and it's a chance for you to hear what another human being that you walk past every day on the street like actually thinks. Because I think we have a perception of what people think and do and that's probably true for artists. Like people don't always get to hear artists just, the musical artists like just talk about stuff in this in depth. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I think that's a really cool aspect of it. Like... And the relational, like, yeah, quality over quantity, I guess, like you're saying. I think that's a good... Thank you. <laughs> um, what other bands would you personally like to see on Library Sounds? Cicada Rhythm. Okay. Um, my wife, Pip the Pansy. Oh, Tall, Tall, Tall Trees. I'm just thinking of, like, friends, basically. Oh, Caleb Holly. Um. <clears throat> yeah, all those bands. Yeah, I'll check them out. Cicada Rhythm, especially. Okay. They live outside of Athens, and um, they've become friends of ours. And like, uh, it's a husband-wife duo, like cool folky vibe. And Dave, the the guy, um, does has honeybees and like, like I don't know, That's and great. like, they're just really authentic and good people. So, yeah. Uh, with three kids like I feel like well, another reason I started this is so that I could go to concerts <laughs> if I just bring them to my house <laughs> that's a good point like, babe, I'm work babe I'm working tonight okay I'm working you just go down here and drink scotch hang out for like a couple hours listen to some tunes <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's it dude thanks for coming on dude thank you thanks for making it work So hold my hand Think of me sweetly with the graveyard flower Hold my hand Bury me deep inside a big rain cloud Cover my phone with honeycomb Sing me to 
Sam's session can be found on our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. There is a bonus track available on our Patreon as well. David Calhoun helped with the video for the session, and Stephen Rossner mastered the session. Our design is by Brian Dove, and a special thanks goes to Doug Stanford. Sing me to sleep when the sun's going down.